0: So have a good time, the sun can shine
1: every day. Good afternoon, thanks for joining us. Overall, the weather is looking nice for this week. It's the February break for kids in school, and so lots of people decide they also will take the week off work, they can spend time with their family, maybe get out and enjoy some outdoor activities, especially with this warm weather. Well, have we got something for you. The Nutrien Kona Winter Festival at Wanuskewin Has moved from what was at one time a one-day event to now a five-day immersive cultural experience. The whole family can enjoy it, and it's going on this week. Perfect timing for you to take advantage of some of the amazing daily activities. The organizer of this event is Honey Constant Inglis. And Honey joins us by phone now. Thanks so much for taking the call, honey.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I appreciate this. this. Is first of all, can I ask you the nutrient kona winter festival what does kona mean
0: mm-hmm. kona is a nihili word a Cree word which means snow so it's very fitting for this time of year
1: so it's a snow festival i love that mm-hmm. that's great and am i right this used to be a one-day event i remember hearing about it in years past now you've moved it to five what was the need for that
0: Absolutely. I think there is a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. The story, a lot of connections, what the gathering we wanted to do. So we activated the five-day event because we really wanted people to come out any time of the, uh, the week if you were available. And we really wanted to foster that relationship into our culture.
1: Well, your your website is amazing. I was just on it again this morning. I was on it over the weekend. You've got it laid out every day. There's a full schedule of events and, you know, I noticed traditional games. Give me an example of what types of traditional games will people see.
0: Absolutely. So we actually have two types of traditional games on the Saturday event or the big day event. There's going to be um, outdoors with is Mar. He is a, a traditional keeper and has a lot of these games we wanted uh, to do some snow stick rounds, which is um, kind of like testing your skill and your, your hand coordination. But uh, we didn't have enough snow, so we're going to be adapting to other outdoor games as well. But the indoor games will be playing with our resistance team. Uh, and will be things like hand games, moccasins games, is what we call them.
1: Honey Constant Inglis is my guest, the organizer of the Nutrien Kona Winter Festival at Wanuskewin. What are some of the other highlights through the weeks that people will see if they show up on a day Give us an example. I know Indigenous storytelling, for example, is part of the plan.
0: Absolutely. So we have different forms of storytelling throughout the week. So we have um, South Carolina Public Mobile Library doing story time, where we're focused on Indigenous office. But we'll also have our dances every day at 1 o'clock um, at the park. Myself, I'll be doing some tea and stories and if you want to bring your bees or your crochet, literally any craft you want to do and come visit with me, we'll do lots of visiting. Then, of course, on the Saturday itself, we have Lucy Metz joining us as our keynote um, story talk. And then on Friday, we also do have events. We're connecting to the moon and, of course, the star.
1: We're we're you're breaking up a little bit on the uh, on the call. Our connection isn't as good as I would like. We're chatting with Honey Constant Inglis, who is the organizer of the Nutrien Kona Winter Festival at Wanuskewin. It does does it cost for people uh, to come? Is there uh, like an entrance fee to come in, or or how does that work?
0: Mm-hmm. So Tuesday through Friday during the day is a regular admission, but Friday night and Saturdays is by uh, donation. So whatever you're able to pay.
1: And I imagine you get people not just from, you know, the close area there, just around Saskatoon. People, I would, I would imagine, because it's, it's such a large event, will travel from all areas of the province.
0: Absolutely. We're already actually seeing folks from, like, Germany joining us for today.
1: Outstanding. Dog sledding, is that something you're going to be able to go through with, or is there not enough snow?
0: To go with their dog footing we'll have Kevin Lewis and his dogs out here again on Saturday.
1: That's outstanding. And I notice your names beside a couple of these. You're doing some beating work. And what is the bow drill demonstration?
0: Yeah, so we're actually doing um, a fire building competition. So just before that, we're teaching folks who are visiting the park on the Saturday uh, how to. Do- we traditionally make fires without flint and steel, and the bow drill is a traditional method of doing that. So I will be demonstrating how, uh, or attempting to demonstrate, that takes a lot of skill that I, I have an idea of, but I'm, I'm getting better at. So Good that's for what you. We've been
1: doing. Good for you. And uh, I understand there's an artisan market as well, so people will be able to potentially purchase some of the crafts and some of the things that are made by, by artisans in the province?
0: Mm-hmm. We will have seven local artists. Uh, at our Artisan Market on the Friday night and on the Saturday.
1: Okay, so if people want to know more information, I think your website's probably the best place to go. You've got it laid out there beautifully. What is the website again, honey?
0: Our website is com, and if you go to the Experience tab, our events calendar is there.
1: Awesome. This has been a great chat. I wish you all the best. You've got beautiful weather. I don't know if you had anything to do with that, but uh, congrats <laughs> if you did. Uh, you're going to have a great week for it. I hope you get throngs of people out there. Perfect. Thanks. That's Honey Constant Inglis, the organizer of the Nutrien Kona Winter Festival at Wanuskewin, and uh, as she mentioned, you can check out their website. What a great resource! Uh, and there is a lot to do. So if you're looking, maybe you want to make a day trip out of it with the family, or pop out there for uh, their big day is is on Saturday, but they have things going on each and every day. And as she mentioned, a lot of times it's just admission to the grounds by donation. So. It's a fairly inexpensive uh, way for you to spend some time with your family over this February break. And uh, as we mentioned, the weather is playing very nicely with us on this one as well. You're listening to 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. It is our start to a short work week for many. Long weekend. A lot of people enjoyed some great outdoor activity, and it is going to continue this week. The weather is outstanding. Round zero, in fact, above zero as we get a little bit later in the week. And so, no doubt a lot of people will be enjoying that. And for those of us that have to work, doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. We just, we just don't have the full day like the kids do and those that have decided to take the week off. Well, you know, we talked about this last week and I wanted to follow up. This was the, this is the incident where the church in Regina was set on fire and they actually caught the person on surveillance video. We had Regina Fire and Protective Services uh, Chief Lane Jackson was in with me and Fire Marshal Randy Riba and we talked about that and what an essential piece of evidence that was. And we even broke it down a little bit and, and talked about the evidence that you could glean from the video. First of all, I made the conver- I made the comment, I don't think this guy's ever operated a jerry can before. I don't think he's mowed lawns in his life because he didn't even know how to get the gas out of it. Once he did, though, you could see him pouring the gas on the front entrance of the church and then make a few attempts to light it. Eventually it does ignite in a fairly significant manner. And he goes fleeing from the scene. We, we pointed out all these little pieces of evidence that you could see in that. And I said, I am confident that the police are going to be able to find this guy. And they did. Regina police service charged Jordan Willett. He was arrested Friday, just before the weekend charged with arson with disregard for human life disguised with intent and two counts of failing to comply with a probation order. Oh, big surprise, he was on probation. I don't get, like, I do not get what prompts you to decide, I'm going to try and burn down Blessed Sacrament Parish and Church in the city. You know, I think back to over the years, I I remember, this is just as an example, I remember going to a shoplifter at a store one time, and the lady basically filled a shopping cart with baby formula and diapers and pushed it out the front doors of this, of the store. Wasn't paying for it. Shoplifting for sure, but she was stealing baby formula and diapers. Okay. So I think we can probably in that situation, we didn't charge her by the way, we were able to not only not charge her and the store was happy not to lay the charge, but I mean, obviously they can't have product just going out of their store like that, but you know, you can find a way to connect a person like that who clearly has some challenges. You've got a baby at home and she can't afford to feed it or put diapers on the baby. And so we were able to make some connections and get her help. But a guy like this, like what's he, what's his problem? What's his problem that he decides he's going to burn down a church. Anyway, I'm looking forward to, he made his first court appearance this morning. I'm looking forward to following this one through because uh i hope the dude is out of our community for a while and uh yeah gets put away uh speaking of fires boy heart goes out to the community of davidson this morning tragic fire over the weekend five people five people lost their lives and davidson's a small community at 1200 maybe a little more than 1200 people that's not a very big community to have something tragic like this happen the uh the the old couple uh, in their 80s were there. It sounds like they're babysitting their grandchildren. Three children were killed in the fire, and these this couple in their 80s. And the town, as you can imagine, is absolutely devastated by that. So we're thinking of Davidson today as they go through tragedy like, uh, I mean, any small community, any community generally would be, horrified by something like that. But I think in a small community, it's tight knit, it's close. Everyone knows everyone. Um, That for sure is something that is uh, too tough, too tough to hear about. Well, this morning we had a variety of great conversations and I appreciated each and every time you weighed in on the conversation. We started talking about hockey and hockey culture. Hockey Canada, of course, has done a lot of work. They were under the microscope. Back when this story broke about the five members of the world junior team that were charged with sexual assault, they actually settled out of court. There was a civil suit in Hockey Canada settled for millions of dollars out of court that raised a lot of eyebrows and had a lot of people talking about like, what is going on? This, this seems like a culture problem within Hockey Canada. So we had that conversation this morning and a lot of people pointed at the fact that it's it's society in general that is needing to go through this transformation. Hockey Canada had a summit in the fall called Hockey Canada's Beyond the Borders Summit, where they basically wanted to, to dig into what they viewed as some of the bigger problems in hockey. One guy that was there, and I've had the opportunity to talk with Sheldon Kennedy more than once. I have a ton of respect for Sheldon Kennedy. He's a mental health advocate. He's an anti-abuse advocate. He, of course has quite a story that of what he's gone through in his hockey career, being abused at the hands of a coach, um, falling into some drug abuse and and other challenges that took him off course. He now is a big advocate for safe play, making hockey a safe place. And he, he talked about the systemic failures as he sees them, in hockey canada
2: there's an expectation i mean you know we educate on these on these issues uh in schools we educate on these issues people aren't scared society and our young people are not scared to talk about these issues this is the world that they live in for the most part so when they come into a system that is not accepting of this or that is systemic in this way um it's confusing for them very confusing and uh so you know i think it's I think it's just staying up to speed with society and those that are coming into the sport. How are we going to attract people in our sport, right? If we are so archaic in the way that we think, not we, but in the way that they think, we're not going to attract young people because they want to come, for the majority of people that sign up for for sport, you know, kids, they want to hang out with their friends. They want to have fun. That's what the research tells us. So if we aren't creating that space for them, people aren't gonna sign up and we're seeing that they de- decline in, in registrations in hockey across this country. So to me I think this is a critical time that that for hockey to to dig in, to be honest, gut wrenching honest with themselves. Like, you know, and, and 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 get this right. And and don't overcomplicate it. Just start. What are we gonna start with so we can start changing
1: this? Sheldon Kennedy talking about the need for and some of the systemic cha- uh, changes that have to happen when it comes to hockey in Canada and I appreciate everyone weighing in on that. Then we we swerved into the debate around shelters particularly in Saskatoon because that's where they're facing it right now and uh we talked a little bit about healthcare as well and again each and every time you did not let me down that phone number 18773328255 was Seem to be ringing off the hook this morning with uh, people wanting to weigh in on this discussion. Well, coming up tomorrow, we've got another full show. In fact, we're starting off talking with Minister Dustin Duncan from the province, talking about the fact the carbon tax of cow, Cal- of course, now has come off home heating. Uh, what that looks like, they have until the end of February to decide if they're actually going to remit the payment. So they haven't collected it from us. But are they going to pay it on behalf of the province? What does that look like? So we'll talk with Minister Duncan about that. Then we decided, I said to Brittany the other day when we're planning the show, I said, I think we're at a point where we need to have just an open line segment because there's so many different things going on. It's easy for us to pick some topics and say, this is what we're talking about. It's good for us to open them up too and see what you want to talk about. So we will have an hour of open lines tomorrow where you can call in. Perhaps it's some of the topics that we talked about today. Perhaps it's something completely different, but it's opened up for you. We'll talk a little bit about, of course, whether or not you're smart enough to win Saskatchewan's smartest radio listener. Every Wednesday at 11, we give you that opportunity. And I haven't even hardly talked about this, but over the weekend, I had the opportunity to visit the Westmoreland coal mine mine down in Esteban. What an experience. I look forward to talking a little bit about that and uh, some of the cool things that not only I learned down there, but the impressive people that I met. uh, We'll talk about that tomorrow morning as well. I hope you'll join us right here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.